Welcome to The Red Dove, our story center on Black women, activism, and mental health. I'm Liz. And I'm Blue. You might be wondering why I'm recording in a bathing suit today. It's because uh, the air conditioning broke. And it's just like, that's just one thing. People in my family say, you have the map of Ireland. Your face is the map of Ireland. So if you know, you know, but I just, I can't handle the heat. And we are moving and I will, I'm taking the memories, but I'm not going to miss the house because like I could take the oven always not working in the summer or like the slight mold issue, the holes or the water coming in from the, the roof or like it goes on and on. But when that air conditioning blew, that was it blew. Like I, I am sitting here. I just got out of a literally cold shower. And I am just sitting here in a bathing suit and I do not care because when that oh. air conditioning, I couldn't, that was it. That was, I could, everything else. I was like, whatever, life is good. Da, da, da. That air conditioning went, I dropped $140 on fans at 10 o'clock last night. Like I am dying right now. I hear you. How are you managing that? Because <laughs> um, heat and attitudes, what's going on? Well, there's like a crisis. I like to like kind of make sure my children are in the most optimal situation that I can provide for them. Right. And for this particular one, I've taken two cold showers today. I've spent two hours in my car with that air conditioning blasting. I just really try to find the cold, the, the cold. I don't know, girl, this is hard. I could use some advice. This, I just take a minute by minute. I don't know. That I mean, honestly, sometimes it's like that. I feel like for the last, yes, definitely all of last year, that was how I was dealing with every day, minute by minute. I think it's good too that you're being realistic and being like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm processing it and I'm responding to it, you know, or reacting to it, not responding. Mm -hmm. So, and it's cool that in these times, you know, you have support which is the best part because situations like that can be overwhelming, really, really overwhelming. And up here in the Northeast, we're all experiencing all of these ripple effect um, issues as a, you know, a result of the quarantine and COVID just being around. So we have like all types of plumbing issues. Um, and don't get me wrong. We are not, we, let me put it like this. I know there have been many other places throughout the country that have experienced like extreme um, natural disasters or responses to neglect, you know, of truly taking care of things that we as the the payers, the payees thought were being taken care of in the way that would suffice an emergency. But um, it's been crazy. I think like mental health is such a big part of still coming you know, even though masks are coming off, you don't have to wear them as often in places. Um, but still all of these changes that our homes have gone through, that our minds are stressors that have been put on our minds. So, oh, speaking of which, um, and I would say this, like, like you did, like get away, take a chance. Like you said, get some AC, do something for you. And then also making sure the, the kids are cool, of course. But I did the same thing today. I stepped away for a second. What did you do? I recently decided to start um, volunteering at a horse stable. Whoa. So 
it was awesome. It was awesome. I was like, I just showed up like, I'm here. You know, of course I had to, you know, apply and all those things beforehand, but just stepping out and doing just something. Just like trespass in. Right. <laughs> like, What's up, guys? <laughs> right. So honestly, for like a few months, I kind of was, but it's not trespassing because it's a part. <laughs> so you can go. But I would just like, even I took my little cousin and I'm like, we're just going to go ride over there near the horse stables and hang out because it's so peaceful and it's so relaxing. So I think, and I would say, you know, as your friend seeing you and observing you, you're handling this so much better than things, you know, in the past. And I feel like we, if, if you're actively able to pay attention to some of like the triggers and then your responses, you can do a, a better job at not, for the lack of a better word, jumping out of a window. But at the same time, also using that as a true statement because stress will drive people to insane spaces you know in all seriousness what I've been doing because moving is stressful for me I talked it out you were there if you have a tribe or if you have people to trust that you can speak your mind I don't and if you don't writing it out or or both so I I got it out of my head yeah and I drink lots of water it's like 100 degrees right now so stay hydrated definitely um, I need to kick up my game with the like exercising or being active but that's a stress reducer and then of course eating um just a balanced intake of definitely. nutrition just because when you are stressed it's just so um things are working against you so try to have things within your control work for you not against you so drinking the water talked it out and then after I talk it out, it's sort of like, it's like going to the bathroom. When you let it out, it's out of you. It's no longer- <laughs> okay, we can use that one. It's, it's like going to the bathroom. The metaphor. Right, right. But I try to approach that with that type of, you know, with that type of attitude. You, for me, it looks like I speak it out. I might be very funny, but I'm, I'm getting it all out, all the emotions once, maybe twice. And then just for me personally, I don't know why then I'm over it. I, um, I've also been in situations where I kind of talk the same story 20 times. So right. that never made me feel good. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that this will work or not. I'm not a professional, but this is what's been working for me. And this is what I'm doing to like to move through this space. Definitely. But, Definitely. um, what's going on with this horse stable? So just great things. I'm helping out with children or young people, I should say, because it goes up to 19, I believe, young people with disabilities um, who are participating in horseback riding. And it is so cool. The kids I met today were super sweet. They were having a great time. I mean, so similar to like we're saying, right, one thing that I've been trying to actively participate in um, to reduce my stress level is like finding enjoyment in learning new things, right? So mm-hmm. even with finding enjoyment in learning new things, another thing that I do is is pay attention to kids because kids will show you and truly, truly demonstrate like how to live fearlessly, how to have fun, how to not worry, all of those things. So by being in that space today and to see those children so 
confidently be able to, you know, direct the horses on their own and ride the horses and trot. It was really, really cool. Like, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I plan to continue. Definitely um, something that even I want to get into. I would love to not, like, compete or anything like that, but I would love to begin to, like, you know, socially ride horses. You know, whenever I see a horse, I can just jump on the back of it and, you know. <laughs> like the extra in the movie. Right, right. But That's no. Awesome. Yeah, I love them too because they're such big animals and when they're around, you have to be calm. So like, okay, let me just tell you because you know your friend. So <laughs> a bee happened to be on the track. Like, oh my gosh. Nope. Yeah, and you know what happens. I talk about my mom all the time that she's like, is she's a runner, she's a track star. Some of you, like you said earlier, if you know, you know. It's a song. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> so, anyways, I was like, I was not guiding the horse. I was not, I was actually still learning and probably supposed to be presenting the best foot, you know, forward. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. a bee came near me. And I thought it was getting, it was trying to get entangled in my braids. Mm. So I began to run, but then I remembered I was locked in a pen with a horse. So Mm. I'm like, I also need to be calm. So I ran with a low screen and then I did get compliments on the fact that I ran straight and I didn't run around the horse. (laughs) So I did have one slip up, of course. It's a win. But it was a great day. It was a really, really good day. I'm getting used to um, being around people again, honestly. Like, you know, all of that. So it was cool. It was a great day. That's awesome. Yeah, being around people. I've If I have to go out and there's more people, I've noticed that, like, my old behaviors that I would do because I have, like, anxiety, it's starting to come back. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, navigating that and also using methods um, that I've learned in therapy and as a person outside of therapy. So hang in there. If, if you're struck, if you're dealing with that, you're not yeah. alone. Thank you for sharing. Tell us more. Come back and tell. Maybe you'll do a trail ride or something. So true. That would be right? awesome. I'm nice. discovering so much stuff like, you know, nat- natural and um environments to hang out in now so that would be awesome yeah I I grew up um I took horseback riding lessons it was and I love it yeah it's pretty fun not like anything like you know basic but it was fun (laughs) basic (laughs) basic to speak of that privilege again (laughs) basic horseback riding (laughs) lessons basic lessons you know oh gosh okay good one (laughs) Excellent. So true. Yeah. And that's even with the the air conditioning. It's like not don't overstress, like check your privilege. Yes. So true. So true. We actually recorded this episode and the sound was off. So but it actually kind of works out, as you know, well, this episode is being recorded. It's Pride Month. And there's like, I don't think that there's enough coverage about what Pride Month is about and how it started. And that, again, you always want to, you know, put at the center the voice of like the Black woman. And so this one is works out. This is for Pride Month, but this is a dovetail of Miss Major Griffin Gracie. 
Yes, let's do it. Miss Major Griffin Gracie was born in the south side of Chicago on October 25th, 1940. Miss Major described growing up, she said, quote, it was a, at that point, a matter of survival. When she was younger, she describes the constraints and the way I had to negotiate through in order to maintain breathing every day. My family would say, oh, that boy is acting way too femme child, or you need to beat the shim, quote unquote, out of him. They tried, but you know, us trans people are some tough sons of bitches. You don't take that shit, especially the black girls. We understand what we've had to go through as a culture and as a people. It becomes a matter of standing up for who we know we are. It's not that we believe we're this or that. We know that's who we are. When the dust settles, I want my trans girls and guys to stand up and say, I'm still fucking here. And for um, everyone that knows Miss Major, that is one of a very famous phrase that's now attributed to her. Again, as we know, Miss Major is one of now the esteemed OGs of the activism. Uh, and I'm still fucking here is, I don't want to say her trademark, but it's, it's attributed to her. Right. Miss Major from Chicago moves to New York City after being kicked out of two colleges for outward expression of her identity. So she went uh, from Chicago to New York City. Again, always learning, and I'm a uh, white cis female, so a lot of activism for me involves a lot of learning and unlearning. So this is something until I watched, oh, there's a documentary called Miss Major, and it's one of our source materials. Um, but I did not know that this is the late 1960s at this point that the white gay people would ostracize the black trans women to the mm. point of actually like physically attacking them. Wow. And Miss Major said that, in fact, some organizations, including gay bars in the city, would deny entry to trans women. Uh, and she established herself within an LGBT community associated with the Stonewall Inn, which is a bar in Greenwich Village, uh, which I think at this point, the Stonewall riots, but do you know Miss Major's contribution to it? Miss Major said we could go to Stonewall and everything would be fine. We didn't have to explain ourselves. And that was something that was a lot of learning to understand and to listen to her describe the way she was treated by the LGBT community that were not trans and the uh, community members that were white. Right. It's interesting how ostracized people treat other ostracized people um, poorly, especially when they're experiencing it. I know that I was watching a TED talk and I really have to do better about crediting others, but someone was speaking on how oftentimes when they are with a, another minority population, they feel just like you're saying, as though the minorities continue to ostracize other minorities. So it's like the pain wants to um, continue to share the pain. That, and at this time, a lot of um, gay bars were private or they were uh, not allowed. They were actually quote unquote illegal the, to, to be a gay bar 
was illegal at this time. And what would routinely happen is that the police would raid these bars, physically uh, attack the patrons of the bars, put them in jail, or it would be a fine. They would have police people go into the bathrooms and uh, examine like the private parts of the uh, patrons. And if you were, it appeared as though you were identifying as female, but you had the male private parts, then you would be arrested, like very degrading, terrifying, violent things. That's terrible. And that's when, you know, there's always a point where it's like, okay, if you don't like someone, all right, fine. You just don't like them, you know, but people always have to push the line. And that, I mean, that's inhumane. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And what would also happen is that when the cops would raid the bars, the majority, or at least most of the people that could, would run away. And this was the environment in the 60s uh, in New York City and elsewhere that Miss Major was experiencing. So so not only is the very concept of who you are, quote unquote, illegal, but then if you are a Black trans woman, the uh, marginalized group, the LGBT community in the 60s are, mar- are double marginalizing you. And um, I, that was my ignorance. I That was a fact I was unaware of until uh, learning more about Miss Major. Right. That, and it was... Um, June 27th, 1969, Miss Major was in the Stonewall Inn uh, meeting a girlfriend when the bar was raided. And Miss Major describes this as an action which initiated the Stonewall riots. Miss Major is one of the leaders of the riots, uh, but she was struck on her head by a police officer and was taken into custody. And she also uh, reported that a corrections officer broke her jaw while in prison. Uh, Miss Major says, Quote, Stonewall for me isn't a happy memory. It's a sad memory. When I think of Stonewall, I think of all the harm and horrific beatings that we took that night. It was three nights of total pandemonium. It was like when somebody throws a grenade. You don't know where the grenade came from. All you know is boom. It was also described that because of the frequency at which this happened, that Miss Major, along with other individuals, majority trans, black or brown, um, had said, you know, had informal meetings and basically said, this is my words, enough is enough. And that they're going to fight back. Wow. And yeah, this isn't an episode about Stonewall riots. And if this is something that interests you, please go further. I will say that part of the fight from what I understood is that also was fighting for the right to that gay bars are not an illegal thing. So again, as you celebrate pride, um, please be sure to tell the story of Miss Major because I, I feel as though she is uh, frequently overlooked, especially by white mainstream capitalism. Right. So anyway, Miss Ma- this this always made me laugh. Miss Major says, "Quote: <clears throat> They're making a big deal out of pride, but I don't know what the crap they're doing. They don't really know what pride is all about anymore." So then after that. Miss Major had a five-year sentence at Clinton Correctional Facility in Denmora. It was for a burglary conviction, and she participated in what it was then come to be known as the Attica Correctional Facility riots. 
Mm. And Ms. Major describes that she met someone named Frank, quote, Big Black Smith. And the two of them communicated regularly during her time there, him showing her great respect. Smith talked Miss Major through the information that she needed to really help her community to fix a problem rather than mask it. And Miss Major describes after surviving that, uh, she was released in 1974 with new hope for her community. Again, Attica Correctional Facility Riots, it's of uh, 1971. If you want to learn more about that, go further. After um, 74, in 1978, Ms. Major moves to San Diego and organized community efforts and grassroots movements. She initially started with work at a local food bank and later provided direct services for trans women who were incarcerated, suffering from addiction or homelessness. That's While, awesome. I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that's awesome. You know, that is where I really give people a lot of credit when they're doing the work, you know, because that's the hard part. I was looking at a post the other day on Instagram and I was observing, you know, the stories that people were were sharing with someone who was passing out supplies and, you know, sanitary materials, food, all those things to um, the less fortunate on Skid Row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as they were sharing just in passing, just little stories. Oh, I need this because, oh, can you help me with this? Because, and it's a lot when you are hearing the because and also doing the work. So that's why I also, you know, admire Miss Major for being able to overcome her own situations, get out of there and then say, okay, how can I help? And who else can I, I, you know, help to improve their life. Totally. She is one of our heroes. She is affectionately called like an OG, like someone who is more of like a senior in the movement and has taught so many lessons. Uh, She's affectionately referred to as mama by many of her trans sisters. And her story, she reminds me again of a a Forrest Gump character, you know, because she, she was there for Stonewall. She was there for a very famous prison riot. Well, unfortunately, while in San Diego, the AIDS epidemic struck the United States. Wow. Oh, obviously, she was already in California, but because this happened where she was living, that became a major part of her uh, activism work, specifically and particularly for Black trans women that were affected by AIDS. Um, Ms. Major found herself providing additional healthcare and multiple funerals each week. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Major then moved to the San Francisco Bay Area in the mid 1990s where she served on multiple HIV AIDS organizations, including the Tenderloin AIDS Resource Center. In 2005, Miss Major joined San Francisco-based Transgender Variant and Intersex Justice Project, TGIJP, as a staff organizer and later as executive director to lead their efforts advocating for incarcerated transgender women. She officially retired in 2015 
but her fire continues to burn. She's currently working on, well, actually at this point it's open. She built a safe safe haven retreat house called House of Gigi's for her transgender community. The technical name is Griffin Gracie Historical Retreat and Educational Center. Ms. Major says, when I came up, there were houses that developed in New York, like the House of Crystal Labeja and the House of Extravaganza. They started in order to help the younger girls who were on the street. They helped them learn the things they needed to do to survive, like how to negotiate with cops and what to do if they got busted. I thought in honor of them and all they've done and tried to do, I would keep the thought and feeling of them alive with the House of Gigi. I want it to be a retreat where I can bring the girls here and help to create a sense of family for our community. Ms. Major has frequently criticized the LGBT movement based on its exclusion of transgender persons from participation and positions of leadership, particularly trans people of color, those with low income, and those who have been previously imprisoned. Uh, Ms. Major was asked during an interview uh, what it was like receiving the Susan Hyde Award for Longevity in the movement, because it's a complicated history. And Ms. Major, in her acceptance speech, addressed the, quote, weirdness of having white, cis, gay people honoring you in that way after all these years. And this is Ms. Major. Yeah, these white, overprivileged, entitled, stick-up-their-ass motherfuckers who hate us nudge each other when they see us, talk about us as we walk by, no matter what city we live in. It's not that all of them are bad. There's about three out of a thousand that have some sense and respect people for who they are. I had a lot of personal issues over this. I said in my speech, it took 40 years for me to get up here. You motherfuckers are late. Like, yes, like all the claps, (laughs) like, yes, I wish I was there. That sounds awesome. Anyway, uh, she continues. They want to rant and rave and act like, oh, this is the thing to do. Miss Major is not your token. You need a token? Well, go to the subway and buy one and get on a fucking bus. In accepting the award, I wanted to make sure that I stood up for my community and who I am by letting them know that they have been doing this shit to me since I was a kid and it hasn't stopped. The only reason they don't do it to me now is because I'm an older woman. Standing up for herself. Yeah. And that that part about now being an older woman and how she feels it's changed. And then to use that position to support and protect the younger black trans women in her community. And she's someone that you're an activist. I don't want to say do whatever you want. I look up to her. Okay, Miss Major was asked after 40 years in activism and then to be an elder now after getting involved in the movement at such a young age. Why do you do it? Ms. Major, when you're doing this out of care and concern, you really don't think about it as activism or a movement. You think of it as, for me, protecting my girls. Getting to this age is interesting because things are better than they were when I was growing up. There's still this stigma of being a trans person, but the world is changing and we are more prominent than we've ever been in a semi-positive light. They're still killing us. They're still throwing us underneath the jails but there are people that are not part of our community who are bitching about the injustices that they are doing to us. That's a major step. 
end quote, on the word feminism, Miss Major describes herself as a self-proclaimed feminist. Her view of feminism is a woman's ability to be both strong and sensitive and to do so proudly. Mm. I like that definition. And before we started the show, uh, side note, footnote, this show was like probably 18 months in production of just talks among various people developing this idea. But um, back to the story. Okay, so we had like, <laughs> we had like this intersectional feminist as like a tag, a category, if you will, of who this show is. And then we slowly sort of drifted from that word because not everybody identifies with that word. And then it gets into like interesting discussions about what what does a word mean? And like, it's also, it's not political, right? Like you're not one thing, you're not the other, you're you're this. And also like, don't put me in a category because it means something to someone else. And not everybody even identifies as that. Right. So that's our, that's our story. This is a podcast story. However, I really love her definition. And I don't know if it's, it's a definition that everyone who says that they are a feminist would think that that's what it means, but I like it. And I bring it up. Also, I think many of us know about, oh, forgot the term that they're using the the woman that wrote the harry potter books mm. they're calling her some type of feminist everyone's like screaming at their at their podcast really? they're like they're like it's a this it's a that google it right okay and please please i love we love the emails like never stop emailing us but by the time you email us i promise you we we will have looked up the the answer so you don't need to tell us what it is i just it, the name escapes me <laughs> But um, there's a group of there's a there's a lot of women who say that they're a feminist, but also think that being that that transgender people are uh, bad, evil, harmful, whatever. And um, a turf. I thought of it. The, the turf feminist, mm. I, I believe. But I'm not Googling. So I try, but again, please, I don't need the email. I promise I will have looked <laughs> it up by the time you listen to this. But I do appreciate it. Um, thanks for the support, (laughs) but no, yes. So women who are, uh, fighting for some women's rights and yet not trans women that, that would say that's what's going on. So again, Miss Major, it's pride month. Learn who Miss Major is. Find a way to support the trans community. Our major sources for tonight we had a a vice article we had an article from them.us as well as black women radicals and there is an awesome documentary it's the miss major film uh dive into it and please tell people miss major's story and what pride is really all about until next time